the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Police in McAllen, Texas, say a suspect is in custody shortly after they and the Hidalgo County Sheriff's Office responded to an active shooter call at the La Plaza Mall. Officials say on the scene that there were, in fact, no shots fired, and the noise witnesses say they heard was apparently the sound of storefront windows being broken. Five people are dead following separate shootings that included a nursing home in Corpus Christi. Robstown City official Herman Rodriguez tweeted, Three people were killed Friday following a shooting at Ratama Manor Nursing Home. Two other men were found dead inside a home linked to that shooting. Rodriguez says officers responded to the nursing home and found two men and a woman dead. He says a phone call from family members prompted police to visit the residence of one of the nursing home victims where two more men were found dead. Julie Walker reporting. This is SRN News. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot. I'm often asked when meeting with prospective clients, does radio work? Absolutely, I say. And we have plenty of success stories to share. Listeners have more ways to listen than ever. They have our new FM signal in the West Metro, smart speakers like Alexa, and our free mobile app. Listeners are finding us, so let your business be found too. Consider advertising on The Patriot and see how radio will work for you. Call us at 651-405-8800. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio for the Twin Cities. More of Mitch Berg and the Narn in just moments. As you're out and about this weekend, take The Patriot with you wherever you go with our free mobile app. Download it right now for your device or smartphone. It'll make your life so much easier, I promise. For the remainder of the day today, sunny and 78. Tonight, partly cloudy, an evening low of around 59. Tomorrow, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly in the evening, otherwise sunny in 78. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the show that says, send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. Making talk radio great again. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. I'm also found on the web at True North. Look, truenorth.com, which has been going on almost 11 years now, uh, dominating Twin Cities' center-right political thought. Uh, This is the uh, headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Of course, Brad Carlson, the closer, heard every Sunday from 1 to 3. 
Uh, you heard it right, one to three for going on two months now. He's back back up to two hours on Sunday afternoons here on the Patriot. And don't forget tomorrow afternoon. Uh, excuse me, what am I saying? Uh, Saturday mornings from nine to eleven. Our good friend King Banyan does the King Banyan Radio Show on economics every Saturday morning on our sister station AM fourteen forty, The Businessman, where the Northern Alliance Radio Network fourteen years strong, dominating Twin Cities weekend talk radio. Ergo, dominating all Twin Cities radio. Well, if you know me at all, you know that uh, I'm a little bit of a geek about, well, a lot of things, an awful lot of things, uh, but not least of which is is history in general, especially the history of, of Western civilization. It's, it's a fascinating topic. And with us to talk about uh, perhaps... A tangent off of that topic that uh, that deserves uh, and will get a lot of attention from from geeks like me, and perhaps potentially important to everyone who is a conservative uh, and, and values what Western civilization stands for, is uh, old friend Lars Walker. Uh, Lars, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you. It is good to be back. Absolutely. You've, uh, of course, we had you on several years ago on another one of, uh, with another one of your books. You've got a new project, not actually one of yours. Uh, per se, but a, uh, a a book that you've just finished translating. And first of all, can I say I envy anyone with the faci- enough facility in another language to actually translate something literally. I've been pecking in a way at Norwegian for the last year and a half and figure I can get about, I don't know, 55% of the way through an episode of Lilyhammer or, or Occupied before I have to cry uncle. But uh, you, on the other hand, just uh, finished a, a, a fairly major translation job here so kudos on that thank you absolutely the book is viking legacy and it's uh actually uh, well t- tell us give us the setup of the book here okay the book is by professor torgrim titlestad right. uh who was formerly of the uh, university of stavanger right. he actually resigned from the university in protest over the way history was being t- t- taught really? at the university and uh, also generally in norway um, and so he is now at the head of uh, the Saga Heritage Foundation, where, where they are fighting to preserve the memory of the Viking Age in Norway and the uh, the and its cultural importance. It's interesting because you hear about all the strife going on American campuses about things that are that are fundamentally extremely. Uh, temporal. And it's kind of almost refreshing to hear people fighting pitched battles at universities somewhere in the world about things that actually matter. <laughs> well, the the uh, the crux of the issue is the sagas. Right. Uh, the Icelandic sagas. And of course, I should probably mention that they are books that were written in Iceland by Icelanders, uh, especially the 13th and 14th century were, were the the flowering of saga writing. And the thing about them, they they were a lot like Minnesota Norwegians. They were the children of immigrants. Right. They were interested in the old country and its history and, and current events and stuff. Let's, before we go too far here, let's describe the saga. I mean, we sort of described the sagas. They were stories told by children of people or descendants of those who had come from Scandinavia, largely Norway and Denmark, to Iceland in, I believe, let me see if I get this right, roughly the 9, 10, in the 10th and 11th centuries, as I yeah, recall. Yeah, generally I, that. 
the ninth there century. was a certain amount yeah. of trade back and forth but it was not an easy passage especially in a longboat so it was it wasn't a constant thing certainly not like we have today uh, but there was some connection between the old country Norway Denmark Sweden and the the new world of Iceland at, at that point here and these were this these were the form of literature that came out of that society and and are, are we talking largely are, are we, when we when you hear saga, you think fiction, you think drama. What what sort of literature, for for lack of a better term, were the sagas? The sagas were largely stories about their ancestors that right. the Icelanders wrote, and a lot of the ancestors were the settlers. Right. And uh, this is one of the things Professor Titlestad, the author uh, Torgrim Titlestad, uh, talks about. You often hear this saying the uh, history is written by the winners. Right. The sagas, he says, are history written by the losers <laughs> because they got kicked out of Norway and, they, right. and so they told the story of their ancestors. And the problem today is that in the 20th century, this uh, critical uh, scholarship rose up which said pretty legalistically that if something is not written down in the lifetime of the participants – then you can't use it as an historical source. Huh. Well, that throws the sagas out entirely because they were, you know, a couple of lifetimes after. So at least a couple of lifetimes. And Professor, Professor Titlestad's uh, premise is that the sagas were, in fact, valid history and that legalistic nitpick about being within the writer's lifetime is invalid in this case. And, what, and what's his rationale? What, what's, on what basis does he make this claim? He points to other 20th century scholarship because the saga scholars weren't paying any attention to what was going on in folklore studies, anthropology, and, uh, and uh, they... Um, they discovered that pre-literate cultures, and by pre-literate I mean cultures that don't write books. Right. These cultures, they understand the problem of memory. They understand that as you get older and tell a story over and over, it gets altered. It gets changed and forgotten. We all, as, as we get older, we all experience that. Even stories about the first year of the Northern Alliance have been growing and evolving and exactly. getting better over the years. Yes. <laughs> So, but what they have discovered is that pre-literate cultures recognize this problem. Right. Uh, they're not ignorant of it. And so they discover, they devise various mnemonic uh, techniques in order to preserve memory relatively unaltered. Right. One of the most important ones is poetry. Right. Poetry wasn't invented as a an aesthetic medium for expressing your deepest feelings. Poetry right. was originally an information storage and retrieval system. Right. You locked the words into the poetic system, and older poetic forms like the Viking poetry are extremely intricate and rule bound. Right. Once you get them in there. Then they're then it's hard to hard to uh, get them wrong again. If right. you make a wrong make it wrong, you'll mess up the meter the or the rhyme or something. Yeah, the human. One of the things I, I I work with constantly in my day job, which couldn't be farther removed from poetry, is the fact that the human brain is a pattern recognition and storage machine. That's how we remember so much of what we do. In fact, how we perceive so much of what's around us, even in real time, is by recognizing, remembering, and drawing up patterns. And the idea and and most ancient cultures, in fact, as you as 
you pointed out, most preliterate cultures, including preliterate Hebrew culture, uh, preserve their stories and, and their records via these these poems, these songs in some cases. In some cases, they're, they're somewhere in between poetry and music, uh, and they're handed down from generation to generation. And that, in fact, is, uh, is, is, is where the, the, the Old Testament of the Bible started, is, 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 in, is in stories handed down from, uh, from, from, from thousands of years ago, in some cases, clearly in some cases here. So an Icelandic uh, and Nordic society, no different in this case. So, okay, so far so good. And uh, that's just one of the systems that he talks about. He has, I believe, seven that he lists of various uh, control measures by which preliterate societies uh, preserve information so that you can't just say, well, this is traditional, therefore it's a lie. You can't you can't go back to the sagas and say that this is uh, inerrant, but you can use it in connection with other uh, disciplines like archaeology, especially, uh, in order to get useful information that you can tell a story. And this allows him to appeal to the sagas in his book, in which he talks about the development of of Norwegian government in which a traditional system of democracy, which goes back to the Germanic tribes, you can read about it in the Roman historian Tacitus, uh, that system came into conflict with continental ideas of top-down government uh, as that was being introduced by kings into Norway. And, the, and so this book is, based, is largely about this epic struggle between democracy and autocracy. That was going on throughout the Viking Age, and it was in, in Norway and Scandinavia in general, as we as we know today, didn't really have a monarchical system until about the eleventh, twelfth centuries. Yeah, it, it was it it varied in different parts, right? And it it came in gradually, and the earlier kings, as we have the story in Norway, the early kings had to make accommodations, right? Uh, as time went on they made fewer and fewer accommodations right. yeah but and so really the heroes of this book are certain uh, local and regional leaders who are trying to defend the old laws when we talk about the system of rule of law right. when we say we're a government of uh, laws, laws not, not of men, men right uh, we are hearkening back to that old uh Northern European democratic tradition, and this is something you don't hear about a lot because it's it's it was a small splinter of, of European society as a whole. I mean, it really it points out the absurdity of considering even Europe as one monolithic place, just because up until not that long ago in historical sense, Northern Europe was very 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 different from Southern and Central Europe. I mean, I mean, Southern and Central Europe very much. Uh, the, the province of kings going back to the Phoenicians, the Sumerians, the Greeks, the Romans, and and the influence that they brought into Germany, into France, even into the what we now call the UK. The Scandinavian countries, very, very different. What I'd like to do when we come back is talk a little bit about the nature of this, of this Scandinavian democracy and how those ideas 
are supported and brought out by uh, Professor Titlestad's work and the saga and, and and the sagas themselves. That sounds good. If you have questions of your own, by the way, give us a call six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. We're talking with Lars Walker about the book Viking Legacy, uh, which he has translated from the original Norwegian. Uh, the book, of course, by Professor. Uh, let me get that right now. Torgrim Titlestad. Thank you very much. I got it right in front of me here. I just can't find it because I have a hard enough time translating English in real time, much less Norwegian. Let's take a break. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Welcome to the seaside. It's been occupied. Bow to the bottom and behold. On the streets of Miami, speed is the law. So when a corn dog goes after the wrong girl, oh, heartburn. one man will bring her Tums Ultra Strength. I'm on my way. Don't get wrecked by heartburn. Nothing works faster than Tums. Your mustard's fast, but my Tums are faster. Oh. And with Tums on the go rules, it's never been easier to leave heartburn behind. You did it. Yeah. You gonna finish that corn dog? Tums Ultra Strength, available in a store near you. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Patriot listeners, save up to 25% on your business cleaning services. Are you thinking of changing your cleaning company? Are you looking for cleaner bathrooms, dust-free windowsills, and a higher level of quality control? Hi, I'm Jessica Carter, owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning car dealerships and office buildings throughout the Twin Cities metro area. You'll get high-quality service when you choose us as your cleaning service provider. Call us at 651-404-0132 or visit our website at affordablebusinesscleaning.com. As a bonus to Patriot listeners, you'll get your first initial cleaning at no cost and up to 25% off your first full month of service. We will work hard to make your facility as clean as possible without breaking your budget. So call us today at 651-404-0132. That's 651-404-0132. Or visit our website at affordablebusinesscleaning.com. The next time you could use a pick-me-up, head over to godvine.com for uplifting and inspirational videos that you'll truly love. Join the millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. They know that Godvine videos are specially chosen to bring joy and share the love of God and the wonder of His creations. For the very best Christian videos, visit us today at godvine.com. Hey, 
1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. In the struggle to find topical theme music, reference to Norway and the Vikings are few and far between. The song Out Into the Break, of course, the theme song from the Norwegian television show Occupied, which I don't know if you followed that one, Lars Walker. Excellent show about, uh, well, typical Scandinavian drama about uh, about a Soviet, a Russian rather, occupation of modern Norway. Interesting, interesting show. It's become quite addictive, and it's also subtitled Norwegian, so I get some of that practice in here. And of course, well, you know, Led Zeppelin. Nothing says Norway like a bunch of English blues rock players. So, oh, anyway, uh, we're talking about uh, your translation of the Viking Legacy by Dr. Torgrim Titlestad of the University of Stavanger, and he, he was he, having learned, by the way, over this last year and a half to speak at least a little bit of Norwegian. I can see I can see people in Stavanger just resigning uh, out of just the general anger that seems to go along with the the Stavanger dialect. It's it's <laughs> it's a very funny dialect. Yes, yes. it is. And as someone who speaks German uh, f- much better than Norwegian, I have to say I feel much more at home in Stavanger and Bergen than I than I probably would in Oslo or any place <laughs> else in Norway. Anyway, enough enough language geekery. Although, I guess your entire book is, to some extent, an exercise in that. But let's talk a little historical geekery. Uh, we talked about the, 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 the Viking democracy. And I don't think, I mean, some of the facts about the way Nor- uh, Nordic society developed before the, 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 the monarchies took over in Norway, and to some extent were preserved by the Norwegian monarchy in, in many respects, were... For example, Norwegian society had female suffrage going back, I believe, well over a thousand years, as I recall. And and there was also the, the sort of communitarian democratic tradition to those societies that is completely foreign to most of Europe. They had the system which we generally call the thing system, right. which is pronounced ting, of course. Right. And all over uh Scandinavia, all over the northern British Isles, and up into you know the Iceland and the Atlantic Islands, you can place you can see places with ting in their names: Tingvoll, right. Tingstad, King this and that. Right, and it all refers to a place where you had a a thing, an assembly. Right, uh, there were local things, there were regional things, there were districts, and like perhaps a storting. Yes, yeah, storting in Norway, which that, is the the great thing. <laughs> The, the Parliament of, of Norway. And, of course, that was the period of Romantic nationalism, and they particularly chose that name to hearken back to right. the age of Viking greatness. I'm just amazed that I glommed on to a fairly abstract Norwegian concept. I'm kind of patting myself on the back. Good anyway, Kara, the ting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that comes to mind, and Professor Titlestad doesn't actually mention this in the book, Who you know, we all know about the Magna Carta, at least those of us who are older, I don't know what kids know about it today. I have no idea. But who forced King John to sign the Magna Carta? A variety of nobles. Northern barons oh. from from the northern part of the country. Okay. Uh, the movies want us to think it was Robin Hood, but it was the northern barons. Right. And what what is the northern part of England? It's what they used to call the Dane Law, right. where the Dane Law was ran and was enforced. The part that had been most heavily influenced by the Scandinavians coming over, looting, pillaging, sometimes immigrating. 
Is it an accident that this great charter that limited royal power came from the northern part of England where the Danish law had ruled? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. The What you've got is, as I said, this the continental idea is autocracy, uh, Charlemagne's views of how government ought to be ought to operate. The king is the representative of God. All power flows from him. In right. the uh, in in the in the Viking system, uh, the power flowed upward from not all the people, but the free men of the things, right. and, and their and their voting. There's a wonderful scene in the saga of Erling Schalkson, who is the hero of my historical fantasy novels, which continue to be written, and also largely the hero of this book because he is really an important figure. Right. Where he gets married to King Olaf Trygvason's sister. Right. And Olaf wants to give him a wedding present. He says, I'm going to make you a Jarl. Now, Jarl is equivalent to Earl. It was a title. It was just under the title of king. Very powerful. Right. Erling said, no, thank you. His title was Hersa or Herser, which was basically not even a noble title. It was basically just organizer of regional defense. Right. And, but he, the reason he didn't want to become a Jarl, he didn't want to get promoted to Jarl, was because his title came was inherited from his father, but was voted on by the king, by the thing. So right. he got it from the people. Right. If he had accepted the king's title of Jarl, he would have been the king's creature. Right. His power would have flowed from the king. So what he was saying to the king at that point was, I will cooperate with you, but only under the system of the old democracy. So one of the premises of Viking Legacy by Professor uh, by <laughs> Professor Thielestad, uh sorry, is that, that as, as you've related it to me, is that American democracy, democracy as we know it in America, the West in general, but America in particular today, uh, owes more uh, owes, a, owes more in many respects to this Norwegian democratic tradition, this Scandinavian democratic tradition, than it does to the Salonic tradition of Greek democracy as been passed down for, through through the classicists that uh, that had such an influence on our founding fathers. That that in fact the the Scandinavian tradition is exceptionally vital to American democracy. Well, what Professor Tidlestad points out, he says, Greek democracy only involved a very small area, one right. city-state, right. for a very short period of time. And a very small assembly of Greeks, even yes. in that small area. And it, you know, it, was, it lived long in memory. Right. It was important in memory, but it didn't actually have much, have much of a lifetime. Right. Scandinavian Germanic democracy uh, goes back for a long time in history, involved a very large area of uh, of of geography mm-hmm. and never entirely died out so in so the argument is that our democratic tradition may think a lot about greek about greece but in actual practice it, it we inherited it from our ancestors right and uh Kind of unconsciously, things we just took for granted because they were passed down. And as you pointed out, the fact, the the idea of 
of the of of, of the, the king having the monarch having powers that were limited, that were not entirely unlimited, and and uh, certainly not as as unlimited as as those of the god from which they claim to derive their power, uh, is was in fact a, a product of of being of, of of the king having his arm twisted by the people who are heavily influenced by the by the Scandinavian traditions, which just became sort of the water. Uh, in which the intellectual fish of the of the Renaissance and the Enlightenment eventually swam. I mean, fish are not aware of water until they're out of it. Uh, people of that descent aren't intellectually aware of anything else. No, I I, I would have to imagine that's that's a part of it. If they, there's no other way to perceive the world other than the way which uh, goes back to the the 1200s for us. I mean, why why would it be uh why, why would it be notable to to us or our ancestors over this last seven eight hundred years? I, I'm looking forward to reading this, Lars Walker. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I think it's I think it is an important book. I think it's a book that's. Uh, going to raise some uh, discussion. Interesting. Well, what, what sort of discussion? What, what premises do you think that this book uh, stands to knock down here uh, now that it's been translated into English? Well, there is a uh, there, there, there is a sense that uh, democracy, I don't know, there's a kind of an anti-democratic view uh especially among elite thinkers that uh think of it as coming only from one it's not diverse right <laughs> one of the things we're saying here is that democracy is more diverse than they thought right it has deeper and wider roots than anyone ever thought before yeah and it's and it's interesting it's interesting noting that uh, well actually it's been interesting noting how how quickly Academic. I know about twenty years ago, there was a fad in academia to say, "Well, it was it was the Iroquois, the Iroquois Assembly, that really invented democracy as as we understand it in America." And 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 trying to ascribe a, an excessive amount of influence by the Iroquois, who, by the way, had a very interesting experiment by Native American standards. But again, similar to the Greeks, very small area and fairly small number of people actually subject to it and who were able to participate in it, as opposed to a, a system that really inf- infiltrated as far as uh, Western Russia and into into the Black Sea area. And, of course, the d- democratic tradition died out a bit as a, the farther out from Norway it got, but uh, still a fascinating premise. Once again, uh, Lars Walker, the book that you translate is by Professor Torgrim Titlestad, Viking Legacy. Uh, where is it available right now? It's available on Amazon. Right now it's being uh, distributed through Amazon in the United States. I will post a link to the Amazon uh, page for the book here, see if we can get a few copies moved out there. uh, I have a copy on my my stand at home waiting for me to get to it. I never read books before I interview authors, just so I can approach it from the complete same ignorance that the audience has. And with that, uh, duly brushed out of the way. I'm going to get to this here tonight, uh, Lars Walker. So, uh, manga and talk for coming on here today, and uh, we'll have to do this well, next time you uh, translate something like this. We'll have to do this again. Talk sell, <laughs> absolutely. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. The program is three quarters over. Ergo, barely started.
Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. The perfect anniversary gift is to learn how to dance as a couple with this exclusive half-price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. Get 20 lessons for just $8.50. That's half price. American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style. And you will have the time of your life as you learn. 20 dance lessons for just $8.50 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. Give her the anniversary gift she'll never expect. Call the Patriot today at 651-405-8800. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. I started my adventure in the Air Force Reserve as a payload system operator. A flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. General pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration team. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently. It's a very exciting career. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. The most exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a bonus. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488 is the number to call, should you be so inclined, and I I do hope you are, because that's what makes the show fun. Hey, whether you have a tomorrow or not, I hope you can spend this evening with my band, Elephant in the Room. Out at the Eagles Club in Stillwater at Highway 36, just east of Greeley, on the edge of town. And here, uh, the whole great band doing their thing, including our new lead singer, very familiar to all of you longtime fans, Tommy the H-Bomb Win. 
We can actually do some of this David Lee Roth stuff. Hope you get pop by. We'll be out there from 8 till midnight tonight. We've, uh, we were out there last night. Actually, it's three straight nights, like I was saying last hour, three straight nights of, of playing. I can see why uh, rock stars uh, complain about being on tour forever because, boy, three nights in a row, I'm kind of feeling it. That's fun. I had a blast out there last night at the Eagles, and uh, supposedly it's going to be an even bigger crowd out there tonight. they got a, they got a full agenda out there at the Eagles in Stillwater. Not the one in Minneapolis. Who knows? Maybe we'll play there someday, but uh, we're talking the one out in Stillwater. Hope to see you out there tonight. It's going to be a blast. Anyway, uh, we were talking, and by the way, I'm looking forward to uh, reading Lars Walker's book, uh, The Viking Legacy by Torgrim. Tilestad, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's, that's, I'll be posting a link to that book for those of you who are interested. We'll be uh, posting that at Shot in the Dark, that info shortly here, as soon as I get a moment. This is interesting stuff. I never get to talk about this in real life, so I have to go on the air to talk about all this kind of stuff. And it's a blast. It really is. It's a great privilege to actually be able to do this for the fun of it and you know, maybe just a tiny bit of money uh, every week. So I, I thank you all for that. Uh, we were talking before uh, we had Lars Walker on about the economy and the Trump economy and, and how the Trump economy is going and about how really the American economy fundamentally doesn't, I mean, it responds in some ways to the actions of presidents and of Congresses, but really fundamentally a free market economy and a strong economy of 320 million people who largely are out there to earn a buck or two and leave a better economic situation for their children than they have for themselves can't be stopped by a president under normal circumstances. But we have a lot of people out there in our society who are absolutely bound and determined to make sure that those normal circumstances, that strong, vibrant economy, get killed by the death of a billion cuts. And we saw one of those cuts this past week. Uh, The city of Santa Barbara in California has now authorized jail time for handing out plastic drinking straws. Now, this has been talk radio fodder all week, and justifiably so. This is one of those things that just trumpets and blares on a loudspeaker the dementia that has seized uh, the far left. Not just the far left, but the, the far left in places like Santa Barbara, where Democrats romp and play in the garden of government with no inhibitions. And I'll read the example, and I'll tie it together with the lessons of this past week, and perhaps to some extent with the lessons of of, uh, of Lars's uh, translation of Professor Tietlestad's book. City of Santa Barbara, uh, by the way, this is in the National Review. Uh, Catherine Timp wrote this piece this past week. Uh, you read it right. The city of Santa Barbara has passed an ordinance that will allow restaurant employees to be punished with up to six months of jail time or a $1,000 fine after a second offense of giving plastic straws to their customers. The bill was passed unanimously on Tuesday and covers bars, restaurants, and other food service businesses. Establishments will still be allowed to hand out plastic stirrers, but only if customers ask for them. Santa Barbara's ordinance is likely to be the most severe straw ban in the country, according to Reason magazine, but it's only 
not even close to the only straw ban, says Catherine Timp. And I quote, Seattle banned plastic straws earlier this month, mandating a $250 fine for violators. Santa Barbara, however, has gone much further than Seattle. Even aside from the harsher uh, punishments its law imposes, Santa Barbara has banned not only plastic straws, but also compostable straws. Oh, yeah, says Catherine Timpf. And each individual straw counts as a separate infraction, meaning that someone got busted handing out straws to a table of four people. He or she could be ending up spending years behind bars. Catherine Timpf follows by saying, now I'm a reasonable person. I may be a libertarian, but I'm glad we live in a society with laws. For example, I'm glad that if a person, say, murders another person, then that murder goes to prison. Seems totally fair to me. And I agree. But six months in jail for handing out a little piece of plastic to another person? I feel you'd have to be bananas to think that's even close to fair, especially when you consider just how small an impact these straw bans are going to have on the environment. As Reason notes, straws represent two one-hundredths percent of the amount of plastic waste going into the ocean each year. Two one-hundredths of a percent. That's two ten-thousandths of the plastic waste. What's more, the United States is responsible for about 1% of the total amount of plastic waste that's in the ocean overall. All things considered, this new ordinance isn't going to be making a dent in the problem it's intended to solve, but it could create some harm. As Reason explains, straw bans could end up having a negative impact on disabled people who cannot drink without them. And yes, there are people like that out there. If there's one thing, my background in rural North Dakota taught me is, oh my, I should explain. My hometown is the home of a place called the Ann Carlson School, one of the first and most, if you will, prestigious uh, schools in the country for the profoundly handicapped child. It was the first place in the country, by the way, to install cutouts on sidewalks so people could ride their wheelchairs through city streets. You see them on practically every city street today. You think they came from San Francisco, Manhattan, D.C.? No, 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 not Portland, not Seattle, not Minneapolis. No, little old Jamestown, North Dakota, because, of course, uh, those kids who went to the Ann Carlson School uh, were important. They could get around town there. So that's, yeah, my hometown was the home of the sidewalk cutout. There you go. And a lot of these kids with, say, very severe cerebral palsy or other profound birth defects could only drink with straws. Because, and I'm not intending this as low comedy, it is not. It is something I grew up around. You got cerebral palsy, you can't pick the glass up to your mouth. You spill it all. And in a less sensitive time, in the hands of a less sensitive person, that would have been low comedy. No, it is a fact. Without a straw, drinking is very, very difficult for these people. But this is not about solving people's problems. And as as Catherine Timpf notes, it's not about fixing the environment. No, not at all. It's about virtue signaling. Because not only has Seattle banned them, uh, and naturally, uh, Santa Barbara followed suit this past week. There are efforts underway to ban them in New York, San Francisco, Portland, Washington, D.C. Colleges all over the place are banning them from Knox College in Illinois, the University of Portland to Duke. They're all over the place. And yet it's for something that provides two, excuse me, two ten thousandths of the plastic waste in the ocean. 
almost well within the, the almost nothing well within the bounds of statistical rounding error now this is not solving an, a, a problem this is virtue signaling this is and it's the worst kind of virtue signaling taking a moral stance on something that will have no moral much less physical impact uh, it's it's like Aaron Murphy and Aaron May Quaid saying, we refuse to take NRA money. Well, the NRA was never going to offer you any. So there's a big moral stance for you. Banning plastic straws in banning a form of, of, of plastic pollution that is within the bounds of statistical error in terms of the share of pollution from a nation that provides a small minority of the plastic waste is the most consequence-free, risk-free, impact-free form of virtue signaling and feel-goodism that there is. I can say that with absolute imperativeness. I can also say with, with no fear of contradiction that if New York, San Francisco, Portland, Washington, Seattle, and Santa Barbara are doing it today, how far behind that can the city of Minneapolis be? And the answer to that, as always, is not far. I would expect to see the intellectual titans of the Minneapolis City Council introduce something like this shortly. Because like all of the other cities named, like New York, San Francisco, Portland, Washington, Santa Barbara, Seattle, Minneapolis is a one-party city, no more politically and intellectually diverse than East Berlin in 1974. And where the others go, they will go. And the virtues the others signal will be signaled in due time. And that due time will be soon because if as much as the American cultural left likes to yap about 1950s and 1960s America and American suburbia and the people who lived there trying to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to lawnmowers and cars and swimming pools and lawn care. Nobody is better at keeping up with the Joneses intellectually, politically, morally than America's big left today. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us, won't you please, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, this is John Lamori from Advanced Construction Services. If you're still tripping over that uneven sidewalk or bouncing over the apron into your garage, we can help. From pool decks and patios to bridge decks and basements, if it's concrete, we can raise it. For more information about sand jacking, polyurethane foam lifting, or to learn about our waterproofing and foundation repair services, visit us at advancedconstructionmn.com or call 952-562-8100. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business. 
so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day, so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button, and it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com radio. Hi, it's John Wichko, owner of Advantage Autoglass. Advantage is having a great year, and I'd like to thank everyone who's taken advantage of our service. And if you chose to wait for drier roads and warmer weather, they're here. Now is the time to get that cracked windshield taken care of. You've been staring at it day after day. Why wait any longer? Call Advantage Autoglass today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work, anywhere in the metro, or a local family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service and we do all the billing, all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage first and we'll take care of everything. So call us today at 952-423-6396 or visit us on the web at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. AM1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, don't forget, later today, Americans for Prosperity, 4 o'clock, Jason Flores, talking with Steve Young on turning individuals into capitalists. Don't forget also tomorrow, Andrew Parker, tomorrow 4 o'clock, Angie Craig will be joining him. Uh, Terminator Ann, did Angie Craig ever return my call? I don't believe so. Huh. I'm sure it's just an oversight. Also, don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, Education Nation, with Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin join us, uh, joined, uh, joined by Catherine Kirsten of the Center American Experiment, talking about racial discipline, discipline gaps in education. Uh, the whole lineup here. Don't forget also Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow at two o'clock. We got, we're up to this amazing lineup. Six different shows every weekend here on AM twelve eighty The Patriot. All of them good. All of them very much worth a listen. Uh, for when it comes to political red meat here, this is this has become the place to be here on AM twelve eighty, both as a host and as a listener. And by the way, I've got to say, 
I had a great, speaking of radio stations, obviously AM 1280 The Patriot is the best. But uh, the other night, uh, was it Thursday night uh, up at uh, Willie McCoy's in Champlin, I uh, had the privilege of playing a uh, fundraiser for the Jim Newberger for Senate campaign. And we met a lot of great people up there. We met a lot of you, a lot of you who listened to the show tuned up out there. It was great to see all of you. Of course, uh, my band Elephant in the Room, me and uh, former producer Tommy Wynn and some other good friends of mine uh, played. We were joined, of course, by Rick Aguilar and Roger Garza from Space Force. Uh, they played a set. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we got uh, we had some special guests. Rick Rice, uh, Republican National Committee uh, member. Popped up and sang a song with us. He's pretty good. The guy's got some pipes. Uh, Frank Long, I believe, is running for Hennepin County Commissioner. He uh, came up, sang a song with us. He's good. I tell you what, you want a you want a rock and roll singer on the Henco Commission? You got to vote. Get out and get Frank Long on the board. Uh, we, we a lot of great a lot of great people showed up. It was a it was a blast. Oh, and uh, Andrew Lee who I'm not going to mention his station. It's the competition, well, officially the competition. But he got up and played bass with us for a couple songs. The guy can play. It's been a few years, he said, but uh, he's a good guy. Uh, works for the wrong station. That's okay. Andrew's a good guy. Guy can, uh, guy can swing a mean bass. So it was a pleasure to kind of reach across the radio aisle, if not the political aisle, and uh, get together with uh, with with uh, with Andrew. So uh, he's, he's with a, a morning show in town that can pay me if they want publicity. Publicity, but you know, you know, it's a good time. Anyway, I don't forget, of course, once again, uh, my band Elephant in the Room tonight, final night of its engagement out at the Eagles in Stillwater. We'll be starting at eight. Uh, the, the hard, the, the the loud stuff starts around nine nine thirty. And uh, two weeks from tonight, we'll be at the Outpost up on Highway 10 in Ramsey. So hope you can make it out. It's a lot of fun. We've had a few uh, guest singers pop up uh, on the broadca- uh, broadcast, on the on our shows. So hope you can make it out to tonight and two weeks from tonight. It's a lot of fun. Uh, on the phones, let's go to Edina. Debbie, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, hi. Um, on this plastic straw ban, it's the same as their plastic bag ban, they have no idea that human beings are responsible. Um, it, it's like all these straws gather at night and rush into the ocean or something. <laughs> yeah. How does, I, I mean, I don't believe that a restaurant is gathering up straws in bags and throwing them in the ocean. How exactly do they think they get there anyway? Certainly not United States restaurants throwing them in the ocean. In the ocean, and whoever is is a person. These, I mean, it's that's a great point, by the oh. way. And, and, and it comes from. Uh, I'm assuming it comes at least along anywhere near the coast or near a river. It comes from people littering, throwing straws out on the street, and the streets get wa- uh, the straws get washed in the uh, by the rain and by other runoff into the river, and then off to the ocean, where they apparently congregate in massive reefs of of plastic that are so thick that it chokes out the it. Whatever. Anyway, that's the story. But you're, you're right. You're right, Debbie. And in fact, it's part of a fascinating little current uh, that I've noticed in recent uh, weeks that uh, the, the left giving 
animate powers to inanimate objects. Now, of course, this goes on in the gun control debate constantly, and it's happening with plastic, and it's happening with 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 issue after issue. And it was interesting because uh, I was going to talk about this, and I almost need a whole segment on this. I'll certainly be talking about this on my blog this week. Uh, a article came out by a Christopher Ingram, who is an old uh, adversary of my blog and show, uh, in the Washington Post, and the headline reads. Actually, guns do kill kill people, according to a new study. And have you ever been in a, a debate with someone? You talk about American democracy, and they go, kind of like the comic shop guy on The Simpsons, and they go, well, actually, we don't have democracy. We have a representative republic. And, of course, you want to smack them upside the head because, yeah, capital D democracy is ruled by majority plus one, 50% plus one, and it's a bad thing. It's mob rule. It's ruled by the, the majority, you know, absolute rule of the majority, and it's a terrible idea. But with a small d, it means rule by the people, and it covers every form of representative government, from representative republics to to assemblies to tings, uh, in the Norwegian sense of the term, too. Of course, uh, pure democracy, which exists almost nowhere in, in human society, almost. Maybe a few kibbutzes. Anyway, those people are just annoying. Uh, and and when they start something with the word actually, it's their way of, well, in this case, in the case of Christopher Ingram's article, libsplaining you. It talks about a new study published by the Journal of the American Medical Association, underscores an often looked factor on gun policy debates. When it comes to lethality, not all guns are created equal. According to data on hundreds of shootings in Boston from 2010 to 2014, Anthony Braga of Northeastern University and Philip Cook of Duke found that on a bullet-per-bullet basis, shootings committed with a large-caliber firearm are much more likely to result in a fatality than those in smaller-caliber guns. Uh, And the study analyzed data, 221 homicides and uh, over 1,000 non-fatal shootings that happened in Boston over those four years. On... First glance, the numbers provided a confirmation of the depressing uh, demographics of shooting cases. Most victims were young minority members with prior court arraignments, said Mr. Braga. Most attacks incurred in circumstances where gangs or drugs played an important role. Most occurred outdoors and in crummy neighborhoods. But they found that the larger the bullet was used, the more deadly the shooting got. And they use this, says Christopher Ingram, to attack the notion that guns don't kill people. People do. Apparently, because bigger guns are more animate than smaller guns. But no, Christopher Ingram, the fact is, whether it's a little gun or a big gun, someone has to pick it up, point it, and shoot it. And the logical gymnastics involved in reaching this moronic conclusion are the same thing that leads you to straw bands. Oh, I gotta run. Thanks for stopping by. God bless y'all. God bless America. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such 
a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406, or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I don't have one thing in my life that I can boast about. Every single thing that is good is a direct result of Christ's salvation in my life. Matthew uh, is one that you might be talking to if you call our number. He's my son-in-law. We've established a great relationship over the past few years, and we pray that that might continue as he serves in the capacity of, of running the office. Well, when someone calls, usually I just try to see what their needs are and whether it's estimating for gutters or a roof or a repair if the roof is leaking. My focus is just always on trying to honor God in how I interact with people. You know, I just try not to add anything or subtract anything from what the Lord would have us do. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're for imprint promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.